Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man Podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. Next up, we have actor, dancer, and musician, Miles Brown, best known as Jack from Blackish. Miles is a superstar who is continuing to ascend to new heights. Coming up, I talk to Miles about growing up in front of millions, his musical endeavors, and his favorite blackish celebrity cameo. Up next, Miles Brown. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man Podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Download the podcast. Leave a five-star rating. Who was your favorite guest? We like to deliver that good old-fashioned soul food. Like Goody Mob once said, these shows represent therapy, and I appreciate the support. This week's theme is just the beginning. I'm talking about right now, today. Yesterday, it's over. And there's grace in learning to be comfortable with things that end. All it is, is the start of a new chapter, a new job, a new relationship, a new city. I remember the last couple of seasons of my NBA career. And the one thing about being an athlete, unless you're a superstar still playing at an elite level, you don't choose when it ends. Very seldom do you see that great player win the championship, play his best, and retire. How about Michael Jordan? He crosses over Byron Russell as a member of the Bulls. Makes the game-winning shot at the free throw line. That should be the end. Drop Mike Jordan, literally. But no, he wanted more, and he came back to play with the Wizards. So my last couple of years, I felt it coming to the end. But what I started to do is prepare myself for life after basketball. And when did I start that? In college. Mass communications, radio, TV, film was my major. I was working in the media and playing in the league for various networks and print. So when the end came, I started to strategize what was next. And Renaissance man, guess Rick Rose once said it. Appreciate your position while plotting your promotion. That's what I needed to do. That's what you'll need to do. And my next guest knows all about that. Miles Brown just completed the last season of the hit television show. One of my favorites of all time, Blackish, playing the role of Jack. But that's just the beginning for this very talented young man. Coming up, I talk about growing up in front of millions and millions of people his musical endeavors, and his favorite blackish celebrity cameo. Up next, Miles Brown. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything 
in between. You may know our next guest as Jack on the hit ABC series Blackish. Miles Brown is a triple threat. My brother's an actor, musician, and a dancer. And at 17 years of age, he's still got a great, bright future ahead of him. I'm surprised he's not wearing shades. It's my honor to welcome <laughs> Miles Brown to the show. What up, my brother? Thank you. Happy to be here. I'm surprised I haven't been on here sooner. I, I, I know. talk to you all the time. There's no excuse. No excuse. And I definitely appreciate you taking the time. I have to talk to you about being born and raised in L.A. And your father, who yeah. I got love for as a musician. So I have to ask you, what do you know about your father as a musician? Uh, well, shout out my dad. Number one, shout out my dad, Wild Child. Um, I've always loved his music, always been around his music. Um, he's kind of the one that kind of got me into dancing because I would always watch videos of, you know, Michael Jackson, James Brown, the obvious, but um, he would always bring home videos of him going on tour, like world tours, and he would always show me videos of people uh, in different areas dancing his music, different styles, and that kind of inspired me to start dancing. So I don't even think I'd be in this position right now if it wasn't for that. And uh, um, yeah, shout out, Ox shout out Oxnard. That's where I'm really from. It's like an hour north of LA. So shout out there. That's, that's, you know, the 805. But yeah, so shout out to my dad. No sure. doubt. Shout out to Pop. Shout out to the 805. And as you mentioned, you started out as a dancer. A lot of people may or may not know you have multiple appearances in music videos. Chris Brown, yeah. Aloe Black, and you were running up for Dancer with the Stars Jr. When did you realize you had yeah. a passion for dance? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I've always wanted to do something in the entertainment. I've always loved entertaining my family and just entertaining my parents. Just they've always loved watching me dance. So I guess ever since I was three years old, I've always, you know, always been a dancer. Um, but I think maybe when I went on, uh, I went on America's Got Talent when I was five. And I think that kind of made me want to kickstart me actually taking dance somewhere in the industry. And then it just led into so many different things from there. You can also hoop. And I know you love the game. And I know you love your Lakers. So when yeah. did you start to fall in love with basketball? Um, ever since I was born, my, my family is a diehard Lakers fans, all Lakers fans. Um, all Kobe fans. I mean, my dad is especially a Jordan. He's he's a he's a huge Jordan head. Um, I've always been around basketball growing up, so it's kind of like it was always there. And then I kind of found my own passion for it, watching LeBron. Um, I mean, he was drafted the year before I was born. So mm. ever since I was a young kid, I've always watched mm. you know LeBron. He was like a Jordan for my dad. So um, I think he's the one that kind of got me into basketball, made me fall you know made me fall in love for it. So. Ever since then, I've always had a huge passion for basketball. And I'm pretty good myself. I will say I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not the worst player, but I'm pretty good, yeah. So I have to ask you, it's almost like a versus battle. If you had to compare your game to an NBA player, who does uh -huh. your game remind you of? I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give a good answer because that 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 question's been asked before, and I don't wanna I don't wanna make I'm not gonna say like, oh, I'm Steph Curry. I'm not gonna say that. I would say play style wise, probably like um, I think I said last time I, I asked someone asked this question was Chris Paul. I think mm. it was Chris Paul. Um, I feel like I dribble the same way. Mm. I, I'm not. I'm a scorer, but I'm also mm. very in tune with getting you know my teammates involved. So I'm not the best scorer and I'm not the best dribbler, um, but I'm really decent and really good at those two things. So I feel like I compare myself to Chris Paul. Well, you clearly more than decent 
as an actor, because let me tell you something, when they're writing things that you like into the script, like, oh, now you're working for the Lakers this Tuesday. I saw the show. You got hired to work for the team. What was that like? That was crazy. I mean, I mean, I've always wanted to be able to incorporate the NBA with one of our episodes. I feel like I've been begging the writers and the producers to do that since day one. Um, so I, I on the show, I was actually, I think it was the locker room attendant. And I was like the one giving out, you know, the towels and making sure everybody had their gear and making sure everybody had the, the gear and all that stuff going on. So I was that person that you would always see in the games on the sidelines, like, like you know, that person. Um, and it was dope. I mean, I didn't really do that much besides the acting, but from what I did on set, it was it was dope and it was fun. And also to be around those players, they made it really fun for me too. No question. It was a good look for you. Congratulations. And I have to say, LeBron James did deliver a championship to your Lakers. They're hovering around 500. AD's been dealing with injuries. LeBron's playing like an MVP. Do you think mm -hmm. the King has delivered his only championship to the Lakers? I feel like that question literally just depends on the rest of the team. I don't even think you have to ask me about LeBron. Mm. I know LeBron's always ready to win. Mm. I know he's always the way you you see how LeBron plays every year. He's mm. he's MVP worthy every year. He's in that conversation. So I think it's just depending on his team. If Russ can get right, if AD can, AD was doing pretty good last time when he when you know when we played against the Nets. So he was doing good. But if Russ can play right, uh, if the you know his supporting cast can do good, I think. They'll be in that conversation as contenders. I mean, they did it. They did it two years ago. I think they could do it again for sure. It, how crazy is it for you, people that you idolize in basketball like a LeBron James? You said he's been, you know, somebody that literally got drafted before around when you were born. What is it like yeah. now to be in the locker room and or to be at the game and they're fans of yours? It's it's so it's so crazy, man. It's like I've always grown up being a fan of NBA players, and every time I kind of have an interaction, even like with you, mm -hmm. um, anytime I've had an interaction with an NBA player or someone that I would always watch and you know look up to, it's like it's kind of weird because I'm always meeting them on a fan perspective. Like I'm always <laughs> going in asking for a picture, or asking for autograph, and then they kind of turn it back on me saying, "Oh, my family watches you on TV mm -hmm. all the time. I'm a huge fan of Blackish." So I think it's just kind of weird and just kind of I guess a uh, very tables turning thing and it, it kind of I experienced it firsthand uh when I was on set filming that Lakers episode because it was like I was taking the players on what I do on a daily basis instead of watching them play basketball mm -hmm. they kind of had to deal with the challenges of being an actor and learning lines and you know memorizing the script so I think that was a fun uh turnaround for them and uh I think even with me you know, you know, you know what I do with the junior NBA kind of like meeting all these players being the correspondents for a lot of the games um, it's just super fun on a, on a fan perspective, meeting these players that actually know who I am and enjoy what I do. So, yeah. And now, as you mentioned, in playing the role of Miles on Blackish, I have to say, congratulations. The show's in its <laughs> final season. It ran for eight years. That is crazy. Yes. So yes. to be a part of such a successful brand, of such a successful show, I have to ask, do you remember what it was like auditioning for your character? And what was it like for you the day you got the call, you got the job? It's crazy. There's so many different experiences that was going on. So it kind of, I remember this whole thing vividly. So it started off, I would, cause I would say, I think it was maybe my second or third year acting going in from dancing. 
And uh, I, I think before Blackish, I got, you know, commercials here and there. I got like little appearances on certain shows, but Blackish was the first big thing that I got. And uh, before, I was just kind of taking every audition kind of the same, just doing it fun. It wasn't anything serious. Um, and I would say that kind of, I think that's what separated me from a lot of the kids in the auditions because when you're a casting director, you could tell when a kid is in there, like it's his job and he's forced to be there by his parents or he's taking this so seriously. Whereas me, I was doing it as a fun thing. You know, I was doing it some, you know, something natural. So I think that's kind of what separated me. So it went on from that first audition where it was just like two people was the two casting directors. Mm -hmm. They called me back and then uh, I'm, I'm going to get into a crazy experience for you later, but <laughs> They called me back, and in that second callback, it was Anthony, it was Kenya, the creator of the show, like six producers, six writers, never seen this many people in an audition room ever. Mm. And uh, it was just so nerve-wracking, but I think what made me kind of be the one that they wanted to pick was uh, just how goofy and how fun my actual personality was besides the lines and just how I interacted with Anthony and how I interacted with Kenya. I think that's what really made them, I guess, love me so much to pick me. And I think I was the first, yeah, I was the first one that they actually casted besides Anthony. So wow. that's a crazy experience. That is crazy. Yeah. And you know when you're a part of a show that's running for eight years, and I you'll appreciate yeah. this because you love basketball. These are championship yeah. rings you getting, sir. Like, where's like syndication? That's a championship. You know what I mean? It is. So so for yeah. you, tell me what it was like like getting to know Anthony and some of the funnier stories or something memorable that you can take from that relationship? It's so many different things. He's kind of like, I would say he's definitely that father figure that I have outside of my real family, for sure. I mean, I could say the same thing for Tracy. She's mm -hmm. like that mother figure. The same with, you know, Lawrence, you know, Jennifer. They're kind of like that real family that I have besides my real family. Um, I have so many experiences with Anthony. It's crazy. So many times where he's giving me crazy advice where he's pulling out my teeth when I got a loose tooth or like just any type of loose moment that we had. Um, it's just so many different things. It's like asking you or ask, asking anyone funny moments that they've had with their father. It's like, there's so many different things you can't. And I think that's what makes our relationship so special because it's so outside of blackish. It's so outside of work. And it's like, every single time I see him, it's always like, yo, so are we going to talk about that Clipper versus Laker debate that we had a few days ago? So it's like, it's always natural. It's always outside of Blackish every time. I'm glad you brought up the Clippers versus the Lakers because, as you know, you were really consistent on. on the fact. That's what's going on right now. Correct. <laughs> one of those teams has 17 championships and won one with LeBron, and the other one put together Kawhi and Paul George and dealt with some injuries and haven't made it to the finals yet. So you won that right. argument hands down. Right. Of course. Ex ex of course. Exclamation point. And, and 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 as I hear you describe it, it just reminds me like we watched you and Marseille and Yara and Marcus grow up like right in front of our eyes. How has the experience on Black has changed throughout the years and what will you miss the most about it? It's so crazy because we started, I think I auditioned for the show when I was eight, mm. going into film when I was nine. Mm. And um, I just turned 17 month ago so mm. it's been it's been so crazy it's almost been 10 years um I would say since it started it was always kind of going into it um I would always meet and greet Anthony and Tracy more as a fan and uh, it was always so nerve-wracking being on set on this big production with ABC with all these big-time actors 
Um, and I think over the years has gone, it's just been more personal, more personal. And just, um, I don't know, it's just being kind of, I, I would say it's fun for me because I was able to grow up and have that experience with Marseille and with Marcus and Yara because they were all my age and we were all doing the same thing, going through the same thing, feeling the same way. So it was like that backbone that we could always lead on. Um, just like a regular, you know, regular sister, regular brother. So mm -hmm. I think that was really fun. Mm -hmm. Now that we're all growing up, we all doing our own thing. We all succeed in our own way. And it's like, it's kind of crazy to see how we've all grown up in our own way. And uh, they're, they're, you know, they're all grown. We're all grown now. It's crazy. It's great, it's great to crazy. see. It's great to watch you guys mature, yeah. continue to hone your crafts and just be responsible young people that are amazing contributors to society. And as I mentioned, you are a triple threat. 2020, your album, We the Future. Congratulations. Bars. Thank you. And yeah. I know your pops wanted to make sure you represent it right. But y'all went into yeah. the archives to make sure y'all got the lyricists of all time to participate. Yes. Red Man, yeah. Method Man, Rock Him a Law, Big Daddy King, yeah. Slick Rick the Ruler. What was it like nice. doing that album? It was it was such a process. I mean, I've always, you know, you know, being my dad, you know, who he is as a musician, as a rapper, um, I've always kind of wanted to do something in music. I don't know if it was an album or if it was even rap music in general. Uh, but now that I kind of was growing up and I knew what I wanted to do, I was like, I want to make an album or I want to do something in music that has to do with spreading a message towards people mm -hmm. my age. And mm -hmm. I think that came from Blackish because Blackish is known for being that comedy show that is funny but it's also able to spread mm -hmm. messages that a lot of other people don't do um and i think i kind of got that responsibility of putting messages in my own music from that and uh i kind of it was weird because i've grown up listening to all these styles of music from my dad i've had such this knowledge from you know old school music to new school music and uh, i didn't know the right way to blend it in both i guess blend both generations and blend both worlds into one style um, so I kind of wanted to go into it, spreading a message to the youth, but bringing in, I guess, these OGs and someone, you know, these all respected rappers into it all together. So, um, it was crazy how, I guess everything came up because I've known Big Daddy Kane. I performed for him. I think I was like four years old when that happened. Same with Slick Rick. I was like five. What? And, uh, um, it's crazy because it's like, I've always been around this rap scene just because my dad, and now right. I'm able to do my own thing. Um, and I'm able to bring them along and, and they're kind of fans of what I'm doing now. So it's mm -hmm. just, it's a crazy situation. And I will say that it was crazy kind of recording this whole process. Cause I, like I said, I think I started this album when I was maybe around 2018, 2017, going into 2020. Mm. And what made it take so long was that I had to kind of re-record the album like three times because every time I was done with the album, I wanted to release it, but then I realized my voice sounds completely different than how I sound in the album. Like oh. I grew up so much. It was crazy. So I was like, I don't want to release this album oh. and the people are confused because that's not how I sound anymore. So I was like, I'm gonna just re-record it. And then that that same thing happened like three different times. So I had to like re-record it three times. And uh, I finally got the final product that I wanted. My voice stayed the same for a little bit. So I was like, I'm gonna just drop it now before my album, you know, my voice changes even more. So I had to drop it. And uh, I think my voice sounds completely different than how it sounds in the album right now. So you got uh, skills and bars. <laughs> I love the song with your pops. As somebody that wasn't fortunate enough to meet his father, like I just love you guys' relationship so much. Whether you're posting silly videos on social media, whether you're talking about 
um, being in the studio. And shout to Mad Lib. Mad Lib. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you guys are putting together like positive, inspirational things that young people can draw from. How is important is how important is it for you, based on the fact that you've been able to accomplish so much in your young life, to kind of be a leader and or a role model amongst your peers and a contributor to society? It's just crazy. I feel like it's kind of hard to answer that because I feel like everything that I've done has always been through having fun and just kind of following my passion and not letting it get to anything mm-hmm. forced. Um, and I feel like I've always grown up starting with doing things that I love to do. And I've kept that same intention this whole time. And I think that's the way to do it for anybody that wants to, you know, spread a message to their, to their, to their peers or to the youth that, um, the best way to do it is just doing it, following what you really want to do and making sure that you have fun with it. So, mm-hmm. um, like you mentioned, Madlib, he's kind of like an uncle of mine, obviously through my father, but it's like, it's kind of crazy having these relationships with people that are personal and then you're able to work with them on an actual business producer level. And uh, I just think it's super crazy to kind of build that bond in two different ways. So um, it's crazy. Like I said, with music, I think the most recent thing I've done with music so far is uh, I collabed with my dad on his newest album, Omawale. And uh, there's a song on there called The Goat, where it's like we kind of go back and forth debating who's the goat. He's got, you know, obviously got the Jordan side. I got the LeBron side. And uh, we argue what you things in that song. So shout out, shout out to him for that. Y'all got to check that out when it comes out. So um it's it's a crazy song but I think like you said or like I was saying earlier um it's just so many different things that I've kind of always wanted to do personally and just uh for fun Mm -hmm. and I think that's the way that I've gotten to spread my message to so many different people so since you guys get to argue about like who's the GOAT in the NBA I have to ask you this question because Mad Lib he's doing albums with Freddie Gibbs he's doing album with you y'all in the studio y'all doing your thing I gotta ask you now who are your top five rappers of all time other than you other than your dad i was gonna say my dad you caught me uh that's a good question and it's so crazy because a lot of people ask me this and i feel so i feel so tied because i want to include people from my dad's generation or even before his to people that are in mine and it's because rappers now, they succeed, and I like them for completely different reasons than why I like rappers from my dad's generation. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to compare. It's hard to compare rappers from my generation to his, but um, definitely I would say I love Kendrick. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Kendrick fan. Huge Kanye West fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to include my dad, even though you said I can't. No doubt. Um, oh, that's a good question. Rock him. Mm, the God. MC the 18th yeah. letter. Um, and I would just say a lot of rappers, obviously I love Drake. I love um there's so many rappers that I love from my generation too. Um, but just people that my dad has always introduced me to, like Busta, KRS One, like um, it's just so many different people that I love that from my dad's generation too. So, so speaking of love, who would you love to see do a versus battle? Oh, uh, if you had to tell me, I'm gonna just tell you straight up. The the one probably everyone wants to see Drake and Kanye. That's like the biggest. I love I love both of those two artists. I love both those two artists. They're like my like my top mm. two favorites of like my generation. And uh, they they got so many hits on hits. I don't even know who would win. It's the catalog is too long, too legendary. I don't know who would win. I feel like that's the greatest when it comes to this generation. That's the greatest verses that's possible. You know that would be crazy. And before I let yeah. you get out of here, I have to ask. 
Really important. Yeah. Now that Blackish is rapping, what's next yeah. for you, my brother? On social media right now, it's a fantasy casting happening with you playing a live action of Miles Morales Superman. Yeah. So let's manifest for a second. Where do you see yourself <laughs> in the next few years? And what's a dream project for you? Um, well, on a realistic note, what I'm doing right now, um, I'm creating my production company, trying to get different productions started. I'm, you know, kind of on the, on the progress of, you know, making shows, you know, films on the way right now. So for the fans out there, expect those coming soon. Um, more things like that. Black is coming to an end. So expect that. Uh, like you said, Miles Morales, shout out to the people, you know, online kind of considering me fan casting me for that role so definitely a huge dream of mine that's probably the biggest thing I want to do coming up so uh if that would happen that would be the craziest thing I'm I'm Afro-Latino mm. my name is Miles I fit the age perfectly mm -hmm. fit the height right mm -hmm. you know so tell, tell Sony tell Marvel to hit me up man <laughs> no doubt we need that to happen and before I let you get out of here and I appreciate you taking the time and I'm going to write a column about this interview as well I like to do a rapid fire segment called gone in 60 seconds you ready to do this I'm ready. Let me know. I'm ready. Right. I'm ready. Name your favorite blackish celebrity cameo. Oh, favorite blackish, uh, either Michelle, yeah, Michelle Obama or it would have to be Michelle Obama. That's probably my favorite. Yeah, definitely. No doubt. She's a goat. What's your That's favorite great. restaurant in LA? Place to eat at, because I wouldn't really consider a restaurant, In-N-Out Burger, my favorite burger of all time. If not, I would say Gus's Fried Chicken in LA. Um, I would say either Gus's or P.F. Chang's. I love P.F. Chang's, it's my favorite. It must be nice to be able to eat like that. Oh man, I miss those <laughs> days. I miss those days. Hey, y'all can do it. Hey, Gus is hit every time. Y'all can go there whenever y'all want. I'm putting y'all on right now. It's hitting every time. Done, done, done. <laughs> How about this one? If you could dance on a tour with anyone, who would it be? Uh, can I say Michael Jackson? I know he's passed away. I don't know if this is a if this is a passed away or a live question. Um, I would definitely say Michael Jackson. I would love to be on tour with Michael Jackson. I'd be crazy. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what else I could do. Um, to dance on a specific tour? Absolutely. Anybody you know, that you're a fan of right now that's an artist that you see doing their thing that you like, yo, that choreography, that record, like I love to be on tour dancing with them. I would say this isn't a musician artist, but you probably know the Jabberwocky. Mm-hmm, they're dope, yeah, no doubt. I'm a huge fan, I would love to go on tour with them, you know, that would be crazy. That will be dope, we need to make that happen as well. What career path do you see your blackish character jet. Uh ooh. Hopefully if he keeps going with the locker room attendant thing with the Lakers, that'll lead into something even crazier in the NBA scene. Hopefully Jack uh, get him a ring. We need Jack to get him a ring. You know what I'm saying? We need AD to stay healthy so he can get him a ring. I know he should have been there in 2020. He would have had that ring for sure. Uh I would say either that. Um, I know he's he's huge in robotics. That's a big passion for him. Uh, if not in the NBA, mm -hmm. like as a player, mm -hmm. um, and probably doing something in the professional dance scene because he loves dance and uh, he loves video games. So he could be an e he could be an e athlete, e gamer. Mm. Um, that would be crazy for him too. Yeah. 
multifaceted Miles Brown. What advice would you give aspiring child actors on how to succeed and stay in this dog eat dog industry? Um, I would say personally for me, I don't know about anyone else would say, but I think my biggest piece of advice was for one, always praise God. That's the mm -hmm. first thing. Yes. Um, two, it's just enjoy everything, every, every choice that you make or any life decision you do, make sure you're doing it because it's leading you to a, a bigger source of happiness. Um, don't do anything for specifically just for money or mm -hmm. just for a certain thing that won't get you anywhere higher. Um, and personally just have fun with anything you're doing. You know that there's going to be ups and downs. Everyone knows there's going to be ups and downs. Um, there's probably going to be more no's than yeses in your life. That's mm -hmm. what happened for me. Um, but always be ready for them and always take it with a grain of salt and as a learning lesson um, and always find ways to improve. There's always room to improve. Miles, you're an inspiration. I appreciate you taking the time, my brother. Thank you very much for joining the Renaissance, Thank man. Before, before I get out, I want to shout out um, everyone. Make sure you guys vote for the NAACP Awards. I got nominated for outstanding, outstanding talent by you. So make sure everybody votes for that. That would be crazy. So Absolutely. Thank you guys. Make sure y'all vote for yeah. Miles. NAACP Awards. We need that to happen. Thank you very much yes. for taking the time. Thank you. Love you, bro. Last call. Last call. I'd like to thank Miles Brown for stopping by the show. Don't forget, make sure you watch Blackish. It's in the last season, and it airs Tuesdays, 9.30 on ABC. One thing that stood out to me in our conversation was his love for his father. Remember, I never met my biological father. And if you were asking me a list of the greatest five basketball players of all time, I wouldn't include my father. But when I did a list of the top 50 players of all time, I included my father. Here's the difference. When I asked Miles to name his top five greatest rappers of all time, and he included his dad on the list, it wasn't just out of love. It's because he actually believes that his father's one of the greatest of all time. That's why nurturing those relationships are so very important. And time is irreplaceable. The bond that they have and that creative influence that they give each other is a great case for why it's so very important to pour love, encouragement, and support into children. Notice, I didn't say your children. We should all have that energy for every kid. They see how we move. They remember what we say and how it made them feel forever. And note, Renaissance Man once told you, young people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So whether it's your son, daughter, neighbor, niece, or nephew, make sure you stay connected and involved with our youth and pour nothing but positivity into them. You can change the future for the better. I'm the Renaissance Man. See you next week.